Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by NerdWallet. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. It is official. There's a lot of reasons why the Jets are attractive. A team like the Jets, who, you know, have always been the Jets. That's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. I still have that fire, and I want to play, and you work. Rodgers steps and fires. A thing of beauty. Finally, officially, Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. And after 18 years with the Green Bay, Rodgers put up a post on Instagram thanking everyone from his time with the team and ended it with this. Quote to my teammates, I love you all and thank you for the moments on and off the field that brought us close. I play with legends. I play with friends. Thanks for believing in me and having my back always. This is not the end for us. I will see you again, Green Bay. You'll always have my heart. Just one day from the NFL draft, and we have boots on the ground in Kansas City. Welcome to NFL Live. Lots of Aaron Rodgers talk. We've got Keyshawn Johnson plus Dan Orlovsky. Adam Schefter, we'll see him in a bit. He's also in KC like Dan is. Well, our guy, Matt Miller, gets to play a home game this year. He's from Missouri. He's going to be joining us throughout the show as well. But we start in the Big Apple where Aaron Rodgers was introduced officially as a member of the New York Jets earlier today. Take a listen to just some of what he had to say about this new chapter in his football journey. This is a surreal day for me. After spending 18 years in the same city, it's been a lot of uh, introductions today and meeting a lot of people, but there's a lot of excitement. Um, I'm here because I believe, this, I believe in this team. I believe in Kosala. I believe in the direction uh, of Joe Douglas. Obviously, he's drafted really well the last couple of years, having an uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Um, but big thanks to the Jets organization. Obviously, a big thanks to the Green Bay Pack organization for an incredible run. Uh, that chapter is over now, and I'm excited about the new adventure here in New York. A big reason I'm here, uh, i got to mention, is Nathaniel Hackett, who's here. Uh, Hack and I became really close friends for three years in, in Green Bay, and I love him like a brother, and I believe in him. You know, I'm an old, I'm an old guy, so I want to be a part of a team that can win it all. And I believe that this is a place we can get that done. I grew up watching old VHS tapes of, uh, of the Super Bowls. And so obviously I know about the Guarantee and, and Broadway Joe. Been a while since then. I noticed uh, walking in this morning that that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. So <laughs> I'm not here to be a savior of any kind. I'm just here to be uh, the best quarterback I can be to lead authentically and to inspire the guys around me to raise their level of play to, uh, to an even greater, greater spot. A lot to unpack there from a 17-minute press conference. As you can see, Adam Schefter live from Kansas City. And Shefty, what was your takeaway from what Roger said today and the fact that he is already in the building and plans to be yeah. with the Jets during the offseason? Well, a couple of things there, Field. Number one, he does plan to take part in the Jets' offseason program, which is something 
that he didn't do in Green Bay. That'll give him more time to get acclimated to working with players like Garrett Wilson and all the other new offensive teammates that he has on that side of the football. But participating in the offseason program has been important to him. And now that the trade is done, official, complete, he will be able to do that. The other thing that stood out today, of course, was his references to the Super Bowl trophy, to championships, winning another Super Bowl. You can tell that he was motivated and how important it is for him to try to go out and take this franchise that has struggled so often as Kino's when it has gotten close to a championship and to somehow find a way to bring another championship to the Jets, one of the franchises that has been really snake bit when it's come to getting one. Yeah, I really thought that he looked refreshed, too. I mean, Aaron looked like he was truly happy to be there. Shefty kind of points out that he referenced the Super Bowl trophy that's been lonely, and then also the reality of wanting to be on a team that could win it all, but at the same time saying, I'm not here to be the savior. So there were moments when it sounded like he was trying to like ease expectations, but then you saw him just be very honest about the reality of what he's there. I love the moment when he's kind of talking about being a part of the offseason and he's got this smile on his face and then he said very clearly, I'm here to raise the expectation level of everybody in the building. And I think that's the most important aspect of him actually being a part of the offseason program. Yes, the, the, the reality of connection matters, but this is a very young football team specifically on the offense. There is one player on this offense that's 25 or younger that actually has been to the playoffs. That's Miko Hardman. In the NFL, unless you know what it's like to prepare at a championship level or have had the opportunity to see someone do it, you don't really know how. And that is the biggest piece of this is he is very specifically saying, I'm going there in this offseason, and I'm going there to make sure that everybody in that building raises their level of expectation of how we're going to do, thing on, do things on a daily basis, and it is championship or nothing during my time in the New York Jets. Oh, buddy, Aaron Rodgers, let me tell you something as a guy who was drafted as the number one overall pick to the New York Jets. Expectations, you mentioned it. Oh, yeah, you have expectations. There's no question about it. Savior? Yeah. Oh, yes, you are the savior. So as you're walking around and you're looking at the trophies and you're looking at championships and all of those sort of things, look at that wall where all those ex-quarterbacks are and put your face up there because you're the best guy to ever, ever play in New York City, whether it's the Giants or it's the Jets at the quarterback spot. So I understand the offseason conditioning is extremely important to him and the rest of the team. He's got to understand the expectations are going to be there. The New York marketplace, they're thriving. They're starving for somebody like him to take over at the quarterback spot to take them to a championship. The closest thing that ever gotten there, obviously, since Joe Namath was my team with Vinny Testaverde, along with Mark Sanchez twice in the AFC championship game. So imagine... Just imagine how those fans and the people that support the New York Jets feel right now. Yeah, they are certainly over the moon with enthusiasm. Chef, they got to ask you one more thing. Uh, you grew up in Jets country. You uh, went to high school with many, many Jets fans. Do you have, like, an approximate tally of how many texts you received over the past two months asking you if the deal was official leading up to 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time today when that deal actually became official? Hundreds, Field. Hundreds. There I'm have been so many more. people... So many people that have reached out 
who have been waiting for the day that Aaron Rodgers would arrive in New York for the day that their hopes would be rekindled for the chance that they could one day win a championship. And so all these people that I went to school with, they're happier than they were at the end of a night of a high school reunion after a night of drinking. That's what it's sort of like right now. And we'll see whether Aaron Rodgers can deliver on all the hopes that they have for long-suffering Jets fans. I've always wondered what it would be like if the Jets made it back to the Super Bowl. And how many texts I get asking, can you help me get Super Bowl tickets? Let me oh, say man. now, no. No, no okay. I can't. I can't. But if Aaron Rodgers no. gets them there, good for everybody, but you're on your own. Me. Hey, those people gotta. Those people have to follow Aaron's advice earlier, which is to lose Shefty's number. Great stuff there, Adam. We're just getting started nice here on though, NFL Field. Live. Uh, the Texans finished with the worst quarterback rating last season, so it only makes sense to get quarterback at number two, right? Matt Miller gives us the latest on what he's been hearing about Houston, plus Ohio State superstar wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba joins the show to discuss the NFL draft and what he expects tomorrow night in Kansas City. Hey, this is Jackson Smith and Jigba, and you're watching NFL Live. NFL Live is presented by NerdWallet, the smartest decision for all your financial decisions. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Jackson, Smith, and Jigma. The Ohio State. The best receiver in this draft class. Next in the line of the superstar Ohio State wide receivers. He had even better numbers than some of the most recent Ohio State receivers come out when they were on the same team. Caught over the shoulder. Smith and Jigba with an amazing grab. Jackson Smith and Jigba's route running is the best in the class. If you could imagine someone pouring out like a melted caramel from a jar, that's what watching his route running looks like. It's going to be a smart decision for whoever ends up drafting Jackson Smith and Jigba tomorrow night. And go back to just two years ago, Jackson Smith and Jigba had 1,606 receiving yards on an Ohio State team that featured Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, both first-round picks last year. Wilson was the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Olave not that far behind him in the voting. And it's great now to be joined by the aforementioned Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is with us on behalf of both PNG and Tide Cleaners. So, Jackson, I'll start there. What are you doing with them during this draft week? 
always trusted Tide, you know, growing up. So I'm just making sure my suit is is ready to go, plain and simple. <laughs> there you go. Good, good to keep it clean and simple on Thursday night or night one of the draft. Uh, obviously, your health this past season limited you just three games. How are you feeling now going into this draft process with your hamstring? I feel great. I feel ready to compete. You know, um, you know, blessed to to be aside um, some great trainers and you know got some good work this offseason. So um, I'm ready to go. Ready to compete at the highest level. Jackson, what's up, man? This is Dan Orlovsky. Congratulations on you know what's going to be an awesome night for you. We just talked about obviously Garrett and then Chris Olave and their impact in the league. Not what you do better, but how are you different from them wide receiver wise? Most definitely. I mean, those are two great names. Um, you know, I, I worked more in the slot, you know, so uh, a lot of over the over the middle field, um, you know, a lot of short throws, got a lot of short throws and um, just trying to make something happen with the ball in my hands. You know, they also do a great job of that. And, you know, I, I was asked to block a little bit more and, um, you know, bring some physicality. <laughs> but, you know, it was all good at the end of the day as long as we were winning. Well, you know those scouts love that physicality in the running game as well, Jackson. These past handful of months have felt like kind of an eternity. We can only imagine what it feels like, what it's been like for you. Have you found yourself reading mock drafts and trying to figure out which team might be most interested in you come Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, I mean, once you open your phone up, you see it right there in front of your face, so it's hard not to see. But, um, you know, we're just going to have to find out tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm excited to see where I land. Jackson, you cannot say an, an ex-Ohio State guy, okay? Who is the best route runner in the NFL? In the NFL right now, I would have to say Devontae Adams or Justin Jefferson. Yeah, pretty good answers right there, Jackson. Why? I mean, Devontae Adams definitely got the best feet in the league. I mean, his releases and his creativity and his routes. And um, also Justin Jefferson, him being able to being able to plug him in inside and outside, you know, is great for their team and, and get those matchups. And you know, he executes um, the way he get his wiggle and the way he gets out of his breaks is is excellent. And um, definitely watch a lot of those guys. Uh, Jackson, you come from a family of athletes, of course, your brother player with the Pittsburgh Pirates who are off to a great start so far this season but tomorrow night's going to be a feeling that no matter what experience you've had so far it's going to be different from those in the past what do you anticipate tomorrow night feeling like when you hear your name called during the first round of the NFL draft man it's gonna I'm gonna just feel blessed I mean I've been dreaming about this moment for a long time and for it to be here I mean it, it might be overwhelming um, but I don't know this raw emotion will come out uh, but we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> well, Jackson Smith and Jigba of Ohio State, we so appreciate you joining us here on NFL Live, and we're looking forward to you having many Sundays like Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson have already had in the NFL, mm. catching lots of passes and running great routes along the way. Okay, thank you all for having me. All right, moving from Jackson, uh, from Jackson Smith and Jigba to his college quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who has been showing up in different spots all over mock drafts after rumors spread about how he tested during the S2 cognition test. Here's his response to those rumors today. 
I'm not a, I'm not a test taker, so uh, I play football uh, for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I don't got nothing to prove to nobody. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here and explain how I process football. The people who are making the picks know what I can do. Um, so that's all that matters to me. There's a whole bunch of uh, people who know how to coach better, know how to play quarterback better, know how to do everything on social media. But uh, that man in the arena, that, that's what's tough, is, is stepping in the arena 10 toes. So, um, and I'm going to stand on that. And I know what I can do. I know I can process well. I know if I'm not, if I'm not the smartest quarterback in this draft, um, I know I'm one of the smartest quarterbacks in the NFL when I step in there tomorrow. So I have that confidence in myself. And I, and, uh, I don't think you can play at Ohio State and not be smart. So. Um, I don't got nothing to prove to nobody, man. Uh, at the end of the day, if you don't trust and believe in me, uh, all I can tell you is watch this. All right, Dan, quarterback to quarterback. What do you make of those comments from C.J. Stroud? Yeah. Amen. I absolutely love them. That, that, that's the perfect answer by C.J. Stroud. Good for him. Hey, I'm not here to pass the S2 test, but what I do know is my eyes don't lie. And I've watched this guy play football at Ohio State for two years. And if you watch the same tape as I do, and you watch him play against defenses like Iowa or Wisconsin or Penn State or Georgia that threw all kinds of defenses against him, fronts and coverages, and you can't see how well this dude thinks, you don't know football. That's the bottom line. Yeah, Dan, I mean, you can ask Kirby Smart what it was like to play against C.J. Stroud. He might think that regardless of how he did on the S2 test, he looked pretty darn good against the best defense in college football. Hey, plenty more coming your way on NFL Live. The Colts are in a tricky spot at number four. We've heard the Will Levis leader rumors, but Dan tells us why Anthony Richardson would be the best fit for Indianapolis. Smart Decision is brought to you by NerdWallet, the smartest decision for all your financial decisions. We got to do it again. We got to do it again. You got me. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This class of quarterbacks, they each were born to take this stage. Only question is, which team believes enough to take them? The NFL Draft begins tomorrow on ESPN and ABC. Just one day until the NFL Draft taking place in Kansas City this year. NFL Live will be on location at the Draft for two-hour shows tomorrow and Friday starting at 3 p.m. Eastern both days ago. And today we have reporters spread out across the country to give us the latest on the teams near the top of the draft. We'll start in Carolina where South Palantonio spoke with Panthers GM Scott Fitterer earlier today. What has this process been like for the Carolina Panthers, for you and your coaching staff, with the first pick in the draft, looking for a quarterback at the top of the draft? 
Well, that's, that's the exciting part. You know, we've been building this for a couple of years now. We started on defense. Uh, we went to the offensive line last year. You know, we had a strong run game. And we've been building to the point where we can take, you know, a quarterback and drop him in. Now, he doesn't need to be the savior. He doesn't need to go over the top and make every play. Just rely on the pieces around you. What did you like specifically? Let's start with Will Levis. What impressed you by him? You know, you see the build. He's a big, strong, physical guy. He can rip the ball. Uh, he's smart. He's really tough. What do you like about C.J. Stroud? Just his accuracy, his, his vision in the pocket, his touch. Uh, he's a pure passer. What did you like about Bryce Young? Love the, uh, the intangibles. Love the playmaking ability, the elusiveness in the pocket, the ability to manage at the line of scrimmage. Like He can walk in a huddle, and he owns the huddle right away. He can walk to the line of scrimmage. He knows exactly what to do. What was it about Richardson to say, hey, look at me. I, I could be the first pick in this draft. Well, you, you watch the tape. And you say, okay, you start talking about the accuracy and the missed balls. But what you have to talk about is what can he do? And this guy can run. This guy can rip the ball. He can make every throw. All right, well, who's the first pick in the draft? Do I have, <laughs> do I have to wait till we, you're we on have the about, clock? We have about 24 more hours. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. Awesome. Hey, good luck. Thank you. All right, so, Shefty, the Panthers are trying to keep yeah. their pick close to the vest. But what are you hearing about how number one will likely unfold tomorrow night? Well, did you hear the excitement in uh, Scott yes, Fitterer's voice when he began talking about Bryce Young? It was like he lit up. I love the intangibles. Love the way he operates the huddle. Love everything about him. And that right now seems to be the number one pick. Now, the Carolina Panthers have settled in and made their decision. They've informed each other, but not the actual player himself. And they say that the number one pick, which we presume to be Bryce Young, will not find out until they announce the pick on the clock. But the reason that the number one pick, presumably Bryce Young, should be happy is because the organization they have and the coaching staff they put together, whoever goes there, presumably Bryce Young, would be coached by Frank Reich, the head coach, Jim Cobwell, the assistant head coach, Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, Josh McCown, the quarterback coach. Huge advantage to the player who goes number one overall. Yeah, that, that is a cavalry of coaches for whoever it is, most likely Bryce Young, down in Carolina. Let's now move to Houston where Ed Werder joins us. And Ed, what more can you tell us about the Texans' plan for their number two pick? This is the third draft for Texans general manager Nick Casario, and he's had a different head coach sitting next to him in the draft room each time. Now it's D'Amico Ryans, a first-time NFL head coach, former 49ers defensive coordinator. The Texans are among four teams with multiple first-round picks. They're scheduled to pick second and 12th in the first round, and they have 12 total picks. No other team has more. With three of the first 33 picks, the Texans have flexibility that equals their needs as a rebuilding franchise. In speaking to both Casario and Ryans, I got the very clear sense that they expect to keep the second overall pick, and it might not be to take a franchise quarterback, even though that obviously is their greatest need. Neither of them expressed any urgency about selecting a quarterback at two. Two defensive prospects, therefore, are in play here, Will Anderson of Alabama and Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Had good stuff. With Davis Mills as their primary starter, the Texans had the worst QBR in the NFL last season. And how about this? Since the inception of QBR back in 2006, the Texans are the seventh team to have a top two pick immediately following a season in which they had the worst team QBR in the NFL. In each of the prior six instances, the team drafted a quarterback with that top two pick. All right, Adam, it is certainly peak smokescreen season out, yeah. right, out there right now. But what more can you tell us about the Texans' plans at two? Could they break that streak? Well, Phil, we've been saying for about two weeks now that they are not locked in 
to taking a quarterback. And that doesn't mean ultimately that they couldn't come back and take a quarterback or two or elsewhere in the draft. But the signs right now seem to point to a defensive player. You heard Ed Werder point to the names Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson. And it certainly feels like with D'Amico Ryans coming in there with the experience he had in San Francisco, that he would look to build up that defense, despite the fact that everybody knows Houston does need a quarterback. But it seems like the grades and the ratings they have on the defensive players appear to be higher. Now, we'll see what they do at number two tomorrow night, but it continues to be that a quarterback is not a lock at number two. And in fact, it certainly seems like they're leaning in a defensive direction right now. Well, that is fascinating. Dan, what do you think the Texans should do with their first round picks? I, I, I mean, you have to take a quarterback. Yeah. And I can't fathom nor wrap my brain around Houston getting out of this first round without a quarterback. I understand the thought process of take defensive player at two and then trying to move up from 12 to potentially go get a quarterback. But here's the downside to that field. There are five teams ahead of you of that 12th pick that justifiably could take a quarterback. Indy, Seattle, Detroit, Atlanta, Tennessee. So if you're Houston and you're trying to like piece this together perfectly and go defensive player at two and we'll use that 12th pick to try to go up, you got five other teams that you got to contend with your information has to be so well trusted and locked on to make sure that you can go up and then also get the actual quarterback that your number one desire is. That's why I sit here and say, if you like a guy at 12 in the AFC, you better take him at two to make sure that you can keep him. Yeah, no, Dan, that's exactly the way I see it, too. Why, why wait till 12 if you like a player at two? But I'll echo what Adam said. In talking to people over the last two weeks, I've gotten the sense that this will be D'Amico Ryan's pick. This will not be Cal McNair, the owner. This will not be Nick Casario, the general manager. They're going to come out and say that they're in lockstep on this decision. But D'Amico Ryan's is a legend to the Houston Texans. He has a six-year contract there. He's going to be able to make this pick. And I have heard consistently, they want to build up the defense. The Houston Texans believe this is a bad roster that will not be helped by a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback that they don't have a number two overall type grade on. So could they try to move up from 12? Absolutely. But I will add, no team that I've talked to has done more work on the mid-round quarterbacks in this class. So keep an eye on the Texans. Could be round two, could be round three, potentially adding a player in that range to compete with Davis Mills in case Keenum, instead of a, a quarterback drafted in the first round, that's then handed a starting job. Well, let me give you another little curveball. The Houston Texans also are talking about trading out of number 12. Now, I've heard more talk about them moving back in the first round, but somebody in the organization told me today they've also made calls about moving up from number 12. So either way, it looks like there's a possibility that Houston will make the pick at two and then not stick around at 12 and go in a different direction. And if, in fact, they do go defensive player at number two, that would mean that the Arizona Cardinals at number three would be the lone pick standing in the way of Dan Orlovsky owing me $100. Let's see what happens there. <laughs> I'll Venmo you. The most intriguing thing of this all is the fact that D'Amico Ryans in his first year as the head coach of Houston potentially could be the person making the pick for them. That speaks volumes about where that organization is headed in the future, if you? that's the case. Well, Dan, as they say, the head coach is always wondering, well, if I'm going to be the one cooking the meal, shouldn't I be allowed to shop for the groceries? Something to monitor tomorrow night in round one of the NFL draft.
Next stop for us is Indianapolis, where Kimberly Martin is located. So, Kimberly, what's the latest on what you're hearing on the Colts in that fourth pick? Guys, during my sit-down with Colts GM Chris Ballard, we talked about the different forks in the road he's had to face since Andrew Luck's unexpected retirement. Five straight seasons with five different week one starters. Ballard, he's tried everything, going from backup Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz, and finally, Matt Ryan. And none of those moves have worked. That's why round one is so critical for the Colts, who currently have the fourth overall pick. Now, it is unclear which prospect they will take, but they will go quarterback. And they'll look to usher in another new face to their franchise. So, naturally, I asked Ballard what qualities he's looking for most in his future QB, and he told me, a guy who will work. We don't need you to be Superman, he said. We just need you to work and drive the car. It wouldn't hurt if you're a Superman, by the way. The Colts have used seven different quarterbacks since uh, Andrew Luck shocked the football world by retiring prior to the 2019 season. I remember Shafty's tweet. The only teams with more during that span, Washington and the Broncos. The Colts have not won a playoff game since Luck retired, and they've only reached the postseason once. That was back in 2020. Phillip Rivers under center. Frank Reich was still the head coach. Shefty, interestingly, a name not mentioned by Kimberly, was Will Levis. He's been linked to the Colts. What more can you tell about Will Levis or the Colts' plans in general at pick four? Well, Phil, what I could say is that the name Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, continues to be linked to the Indianapolis Colts at number four. And we'll see ultimately if it turns out that it's real or whether it's false smoke that's been spreading here in recent weeks. But that is the one name that has been connected to them throughout the draft process. Will Levis to Indianapolis. There seems to be a sentiment, a strong sentiment within the organization for him. But who knows what happens if and when C.J. Stroud is available, Anthony Richardson's available. We'll see ultimately what they decide to do tomorrow night. But certainly, Will Levis is a name that is continually connected to the Colts. Absolutely right. Throughout the process, even going back to those conversations late night at the scouting combine, it was the Indianapolis was connected to Will Levis. And advancing that story, one thing I've heard from people close to the Colts is that the Manning family has actually signed off on Will Levis. They've they've promoted him as, we like this player. We think he will be a good quarterback in the NFL. Probably going back to some of the time he has spent with the family at the Manning Passing Academy. But Levis definitely has supporters in that Colts organization. Now, the question will be, as Adam said, if C.J. Stroud is there, if he actually falls to number four overall, would that change their thinking? Remember, when we left the Combine, all the buzz was C.J. Stroud had the best passing workout we've maybe ever seen at the Combine. So how much weight would that carry with general manager Chris Ballard and an offensive, excuse me, a head coach Shane Sykin, who was an offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, has been able to work with a lot of different types of quarterbacks from Justin Herbert to Jalen Hurts. The belief is he can scheme up something for any of these quarterbacks. But the closer we get to Thursday night, Will Levis's name is the one most often connected to the Colts. All right, Dan, I'll ask you then. Do you think Will Levis should be the guy for Indy, or is there a different quarterback that you think makes more sense? Yeah, so babyface, I had thought Anthony Richardson until I heard Kimberly Martin's report. And when she said that Chris Pallard, their general manager, wants a guy to just come in and work, my mind did flip to Will Levis. Hmm. And I'm thinking, does Chris Ballard see Will Levis as what the Andrew Luck was supposed to be? I'm not saying they're the same player, but what Andrew Luck was supposed to be, a big, powerful, physically talented, tough, strong quarterback that will come in every single day and give all that he has and just try to be the quarterback. And then to Matt's point, and we've talked about this, 
Anthony would be the mold of Jalen Hurts for them, but also his experience with Justin Herbert. And Jalen is unique because he works harder than 99.99999% of the people on earth. Justin Herbert and what he did with him with the Chargers his rookie year and offensive rookie of the year, you would just take all of that and just bring it over to Indy. And if it's Will Levis, you would run the same stuff. So after hearing Kimberly's report about Mr. Ballard and then listening to Matt, while I thought, man, Anthony Richardson makes a ton of sense and everyone knows how high on him, I'm starting to buy into the thought that the organization might see Will Levis as the Andrew Luck that got away, essentially, and that they can build this organization around him now that they have the head coach in Stane Steichen. In a draft that many are believing is one of the most unpredictable in years, perhaps a chalky pick could come in the form of Will Levis to Indianapolis. Hey, coming up, Tennessee, same division as Indy. They could be looking for a fresh starting quarterback. Can they find their guy in the draft? Or is there somewhere else they should be looking to? You don't want to miss who Dan says should have, should be on the Titan radar. That comes up next. You're watching NFL Live, presented by NerdWallet. The XFL semifinals of this weekend, the Roughnecks host the Renegades in Houston Saturday at 7 Eastern on ESPN2 and Sunday at 3 Eastern on ESPN. The 9-1 DC Defenders host the Sea Dragons. Both are on ESPN Deportes and ESPN Plus and you can watch anywhere. All right, the next draft site we're going to check in on is Tennessee where Diana Racine joins us now. Diana, what's the latest on what you're hearing on the Titans draft plans tomorrow night? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Field, I sat with Titans new GM Rand Carthon in his office to go over the mood of the building on draft eve, as well as try to get more information as to what they are going to do with that pick at 11. And he tells me they're really calm, they're prepared. In fact, head coach Mike Vrabel and him sat together for two hours and they set their draft board. They are ready to go for Thursday night. So what are they going to do with their pick at 11? Carthon tells me they're open to everything. They're willing to move out. They're willing to stay. 
They're also willing to move up. In fact, I spoke to some sources around the league, teams like the Arizona Cardinals, who have taken calls from the Tennessee Titans about perhaps trading up. Now, the player they're going for, Carthon, wouldn't tell me what they're doing, but my sense is the Tennessee Titans have their eyes on a quarterback, and they're going to do everything they can to go get him. Well, great stuff right there, Diana. The Titans are less than two years removed from being the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. However, that 2021 season ended with Ryan Tannehill throwing three interceptions and a playoff loss to the Bengals. Tannehill followed that up with a 2022 season that was the worst of his Titans career. He ranked 24th in the NFL in QBR last season after ranking top eight in each of his th first three seasons with the Titans. We've got Matt Miller involved one more time. And Matt, how do you see the Titans approaching tomorrow night with where they are currently picking? Field, I absolutely agree with Diana. They're picking right now at number 11 overall, and everything I've heard is the Titans will be aggressive. They're a team that has been marked for weeks now as they could trade up from number 11 overall. There's a transition happening in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, turns 35 years old this season. He has one year left on his contract. Derrick Henry, the star running back, coming off a 1,500-yard season, he turns 30 years old this year, which has always been a line in the sand for running backs in the NFL. So this is the time to reset, especially if the Houston Texans don't take one of those quarterbacks at number two overall. And I would keep my eye on the connection of Monty Austinfort, the GM of the Arizona Cardinals, who used to work for the Tennessee Titans. And where did Mike Vrabel go to school, guys? Ohio State. C.J. Stroud could be sitting there at number three overall and is a perfect landing spot for Tennessee. Yeah, Matt, I don't hate that. I honestly believe that the Titans draft starts with a conversation about Trey Lance. Hmm. We've all heard that their new general manager, Ram Carthon, well, he came from San Francisco. And if San Francisco is willing to field calls, we have to have some thought process that Ram was part of the front office that pushed to go up to number three and then to use that pick to draft Trey Lance instead of what we all thought or many thought was going to be Mac Jones. The reality of what is it going to cost you to go from 11 to potentially up to two with Houston or three with the Arizona Cardinals versus what's it going to cost you to go get potentially Trey Lance? And if Rand Carthon two years ago was in that camp in San Francisco that was like, we got to get this young, talented player from North Dakota State, and you call San Francisco and it's going to cost you a third rounder, maybe a fourth rounder in comparison to what it might cost you to go up to the third pick with Arizona this year, the conversation starts there. And if they feel really good, if Rand Carthon feels really good about what Trey Lance still could be, because mm. the only thing, reason we think he's a bust is because he's been hurt, then that's the more likely move for them rather than jumping up to three with Arizona to go draft a quarterback. Uh, Kia, facial expression can be worth a thousand words. What do you think about Dan's idea of the Titans looking into Trey Lance? Because my head is going to explode because I literally have to agree with everything he just said, which is, which is not part of what I do when I deal with him. He is 100% correct. Like, even That's to the dog. point where if it costs you the 11th pick and you've been in that building and I know him and I understand him and I signed off on him two years ago, and the only reason why people like Dan said have question marks about him is because he hasn't been healthy. And if they're willing to part ways, right. why even move up to three? Because in my opinion, just everything that I've seen in a short period of time, watching Trey Lance, he's better to me in that short period of time than C.J. Stroud. He's more athletic. He can certainly run the football where there's question marks on whether or not C.J. Stroud is that type of guy. So I agree with Dan, man. If, if they're willing to part ways yeah. – 
with Trey Lance, go do it. So they say go do it. They say crazy things can happen. Dan, you got a response there? Yeah, I love you, dog. He ain't yeah. better than C.J. Stroud. I, you, you, you may see that. Right. You may say that. I think different. Okay, we can think different as far as the player goes. Yeah. I'm just saying I got a guy who can rip it, who can do a lot of different things. We feel this way about him because he hasn't been on the field long enough. That's all I'm saying. We, we, for a moment there, we had history. The two of you agreed, but then you had to disagree <laughs> just to make sure that there were, the world was still on its access right there. We'll dive into that hey, conversation I mean, much fine. more in the coming days, I am sure. But we still have more to come here on NFL Live. The Seahawks made a surprise playoff appearance Last season, now they have two top picks in the 20s, or in the top 20, excuse me. He says defense should be the main priority for Seattle. You're watching NFL Live, presented by NerdWallet. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. NFL Live is presented by NerdWallet, the smartest decision for all your financial decisions. And time now for some top stories brought to you by Sleep Number. We begin with officially official news. Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. He had his introductory press conference earlier today. The move became official with the league as of 4 p.m. Eastern time. It involves draft picks, obviously, going to Green Bay and some heading back to the New York Jets. Rodgers spoke today about how he is going to be a part of the Jets offseason program in the first chapter in his post-Green Bay playing career. Chase Young, the Washington Commanders, is now scheduled to be a free agent as the team has declined or will be declining the fifth-year option on his contract. ESPN has confirmed the report initially reported by the Washington Post. Young, of course, coming off back-to-back injury-impacted seasons, but if he bounces back and plays well, he'll be amongst the most coveted free agents in the NFL next offseason. All right, we continue our tour here around the map of teams that are near the top of the draft. Where we go to Seattle, where well, Jeff Darlington joins us. And Jeff, what are you hearing about the Seahawks draft plans with their two first-round picks? If you want to know whether the Seahawks are serious about picking a quarterback with their fifth overall pick, you just need to ask one very important person, current quarterback Geno Smith. Here's the deal. The organization, including head coach Pete Carroll, have already told Geno multiple times this offseason that it is possible they could draft a QB. This is not a smokescreen. General Manager John Schneider has said when you're picking this high, the highest that he has ever picked, you need to consider it. 
The team traveled on ownership's private jet to visit the pro days of all four top QBs, and I'm told the team remains serious about taking one of those quarterbacks if their preferred choice is available. And so the intrigue here in Seattle continues to build for one of the draft's most fascinating teams. Jeff, great stuff. The Seahawks defense could usually certainly use some help in the trenches. Last season, they allowed over 150 rushing yards per game, third worst in the league behind only the Bears are ahead of only the Bears and Texans. They had the two worst records in the NFL last season. Seattle also struggled to get after the quarterback, ranking the bottom five in the NFL in terms of pass rush win rate. Let's get Shefty back here. And Shefty, Jalen Carter is someone who you think could help up, uh, we would think could help their defensive line for sure. But what more can you tell us about where his stock stands with teams picking in that top 10? Well, Field, this is going to be one of the central storylines of Thursday night's draft where Jalen Carter a player that Mel Kuyper is ranked as the number one player in this class winds up going in this draft. He's not going to go number one despite Mel's ranking. And really the first spot where he would be, I think, in play would be at number five at Seattle. And the question is, would the Seahawks go for Jalen Carter or would they go for a quarterback, as Jeff Darlington talked about there? But somewhere between five and ten seems to be the sweet spot for Jalen Carter in Thursday night's draft. Doesn't seem like he's going to go earlier. And as we know, his agent Drew Rosenhaus canceled or didn't accept any visits for any team picking outside the top 10 because he is and remains firmly convinced that his client will go somewhere between picks 5 and 10. Jeffy, great stuff. Dan, let's talk about how the Seahawks should use their first-round picks to help them take that next step, next step forward. Well, the reality is this, the, the Seattle Seahawks with good first round draft picks this year are NFC championship contenders, but that's what they have to answer, babyface. You know what I'm saying? Like they've yeah. got that fifth pick and that 20th pick and you could justify saying, Let, let's go get a quarterback that we love with the fifth pick. We don't plan on being this close to the top of the draft anytime soon because the roster that we're building, it's time now to go get an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis. But then there's also this reality of saying, hey, if we hit on a fifth pick and a 20th pick in the first round like we did with some of our picks last year, we got a chance to go in the NFC Championship. We only sit here and say it's Philadelphia and San Francisco, and it's really about how do we go beat San Francisco? And if you look at what San Francisco's strength is, Trent Williams. Well, who on that defensive line do we think minimizes that gap? San Francisco and their scheme is so great, we got to close the gap a little bit. Maybe we go get a run-stuffing defensive tackle or defensive end. Maybe we go get another pass-catching threat to try to attack this San Francisco defense that is so talented. I understand at five, if you're like, hey, let's go get the quarterback. We love this guy. Let's go, we go get him. But then there's that also challenge of, man, we are so close to becoming a really good team that can contend for not only NFC playoff spot, but NFC championship. And that's the player or two from the fifth and 20th pick that we think's the difference. They're in a good spot. I don't envy it because it's a challenging selection, but they're in a very good spot to do what they want for the now and the future. Yeah, when you look at it though, uh, Dan, you gotta think about who's running it, right? There's Snyder, there's Pete Carroll. What's their mindset? What did they, what did they do when they went to two defense. Super Bowls? They built on defense. Right? They got the fifth pick. And if Jalen yeah. Carter's sitting right there on top of that baby face, they don't mind taking chances on certain character guys. Look at the history of Pete Carroll. Look at what he's been able to do in Seattle and giving guys second and third opportunities to fulfill their dreams. So I don't say they're going quarterback in the fifth spot because that's just not the way he thinks. Mm. He's going to run the football. He's going to play solid, hard-nosed defense. And if you get a defensive end, defensive tackle at the fifth spot, now you slide to 20, 
and you say, okay, what's on my board that's best available on the defensive side of the ball for us? Mm. Is it a safety? Is it a linebacker? Is it another defensive end? Is it another defensive tackle? That's what I see them doing. I do not see them taking a quarterback in, at the fifth spot because Pete Carroll's not going to be there to see that guy develop. Okay, so just, Dan, let's go back to the quarterback idea, though. Just here for a second. Even if it's not at five, maybe it's at 20. Is there a quarterback that you think best fits yeah. the Seattle offense? Uh, Anthony Richardson. If, and I would think about him at five, babyface. He's too physically talented. You, you, guys like this don't come along as options to play quarterback in the NFL. And as long as you fix his feet mechanically, Anthony Richardson's going to be a good player in the league. And it's a perfect spot for him to go, sit for maybe half of a year to a year. I would play him really quickly, but maybe half a year to a year. But he's too physically talented to sit there in five and completely ignore. Man, he is such a tantalizing talent. I can't wait to see what Seattle does with two first-round picks. Time now for one more thing. And Jackson Smith and Jigba had this fun moment following our interview earlier today. Dan, with an analogy that JSA can get on board with. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiver in this draft class. If you could imagine someone pouring out like a melted caramel from a jar, that's what watching his routes and his route running looks like. Do we like my melting caramel analogy? Like, that's when I watch you run these routes and this the smoothness. It just reminds me of, like, watching someone pour caramel on something. That's super smooth. I, pre I haven't heard that one. That, that one's different, so I appreciate the different, yeah, yeah, different yeah. analogy. There we go. There we go. Dan's already got a patent you, on that one. Well done by you, Dan. Do you even eat caramel, Dan? Of course he does, Key. Over his uh, ice cream. Not really. Not really, but I know what it looks like, and that's oh, what that man, dude looks man. like running routes. Hey, NFL Live. I know live what you look like, Kansas too. City tomorrow is part of the NFL draft.